And my next guests here in Studio 10 this morning are old friends of ours, having both featured on this programme before, albeit separately. They have, however, joined forces of late for the care concerts, which sees them bring music and song to many nursing homes and residential care settings all across this country. Professor Luke O'Neill and Gerald Peregrine, good morning to you both. Good morning, William. Listen, we're going to chat in a moment. About everything, including these concerts. But first, you're going to perform together for us, Silent Night. That was beautiful. Such a treat from the two of you. Geraldine, I know you've been involved in these concerts for a while, but how did you get... It's not like he's not busy enough, Luke O'Neill, right? So how did you drag him into these concerts? Well, Miriam, I have you to blame for that because I was uh, up on the... I think I was in the bike in the gym last November and Luke was on uh, singing a song. And I said, gosh, I think he'd be great at this. So I found his email on Twitter um, and sent him an email and he wrote back five minutes later... (laughs) That was the time with Tony Conley, your right. great yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah, they were fab, actually. So Luke's been absolutely brilliant. He's been so supportive of this project right from the get-go and we're just absolutely thrilled to have him with us. 
And do you enjoy it? I couldn't resist. I mean, Terry's very persuasive. That's the first thing, right? But then secondly, what a great idea to go around care homes and play some music, you see. And it's easy for me. I just turn up my guitar. I sing two or three songs. Gerald and his fellow classical musicians are superbly talented, you know. And then the first gigs we did were in about a year ago, actually, with Mary Coughlin. She, oh, she yeah. was there as well. And I met her and I'm a big fan of hers. And just watching the reaction, the, the faces light up. It's, it's a wonderful experience. Although at that time we were outside because there were still restrictions. COVID, Freezing yeah. cold on this patio, I remember, that <laughs> But, but such a thrill to do and I must have done about 25 concerts with them at this stage over, over the last 12 months you know? and it's amazing because it was your brainchild people describe you as an unsung hero Gerald because you came up with this idea I suppose people were isolated they were obviously no one could go to many places you started them outside but you're keeping them going now even though Covid itself is well yes I mean the less singing I do the better although Neve Kavanagh has trained me as a backing singer so I'm hoping she'll Great. let me do the Eurovision with her in a couple of years but um, <laughs> it's it's really what I've discovered is it's all about reaching people who have the least access and bringing quality concerts into their lives. There's so much great work going on around the country in arts and health and we've been so fortunate I suppose the situation arose during the pandemic where the support became available, Creative Ireland, and I have to thank Catherine Martin in particular, and also the Department of Health and Paul Reed and the HSE, who have been very supportive. And um, it's really important because people can get left behind and it's nobody's fault and it's nobody's um, uh, problem to solve, but it's just great to be able to reach out and bring people uh, like Luke and Mary and the people off the telly into their living rooms because it makes people feel valued. And what's lovely is when you have such high quality artists coming in and it's relaxed, it's informal, people feel relaxed and they feel connected. And it's just it's it's such a lovely feeling for us to do so. Um, it's been a real pleasure to be able to continue to do these concerts. And loads of people like you, Luke, still do it. In other words, it was one thing, I suppose, during the lockdowns and stuff because people couldn't put concerts on. But a lot of the big stars who do it, they're still doing it, aren't they? Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's a testament to what uh, people as musician, what we get out of it from being having the privilege of being in people's lives for half an hour, 40 minutes when we come in and meet people and we go back to the same places and we hear the stories, people get to know us, we get to know them. And you can see the difference um, even just physically. Sometimes people's posture can change. Mm. They can be slumped down and the posture just changes. And you know that that's made a difference in their physical well-being, not just their emotional or spiritual well-being. So I think it's just so rewarding for us to be able to continue to do this work. So Nice text for you, Gerald. A big thank you to Gerald and all at Mobile Music Machine from all at Nursing Homes Ireland. Thanks to you and all your collaborators spreading Christmas joy to residents in our nursing homes and also for the last number of years. We in NHI are delighted to work with Gerald and his team. Now, Luke, you're the busiest man in the world because you just come back from Japan. You loved it, you were telling me. That could be Gerald next market by the way William, because you know a third of the people are over 65 there there's massive care homes and I was doing a bit of research for Gerald to see if we could bring it over to Japan but um, well, Japan's an amazing country I really enjoyed it I was there for like nine days at the Japanese Society for Immunology my day job and then I took yeah. a bit of a vacation after but it's a, it's a fascinating country it really is you know why did you love it? You were saying that to me when you came in. You I, just found it an extraordinary Well, I love the food anyway. I don't know whether you like Japanese yeah, food. But I love Japanese food. That's the first thing. And it's just a fascinating place. It's obviously highly populated for a start. But there's beautiful things to see. There's temples, there's gardens. We saw lots of these beautiful Japanese gardens. Got the bullet train from the south of Japan up to Tokyo. And that was a real experience as well. 
well, you know. And they love Christmas, by the way, Japan at the moment. There's all these decorations up everywhere. So it was a lovely feeling to the place as well. You made a speech as well. Did they understand you? You were wondering. I don't think so, sadly. <laughs> I spoke at my normal pace, you see. So <laughs> They're they all, still looking after well, you. Well, English is the language of science. So hopefully they got, they, at least they read my slides anyway. But I, I gave a big talk. Yeah, there must have been 2,000 people there, actually. It was a huge audience, you see. And of course, the first day of the conference was just about COVID because Japan has done so well with COVID and many discussions around that as well. So scientifically, it was very rewarding too. Do you ever think, both of you now, I mean, obviously, Luke, I used to interview you lots just about COVID, that it almost seems another world. It's very strange. It, yeah. For me, the way time changed at a funny rate, didn't it? It's, it yeah. seems like yesterday and it seems like 10 years ago to me. Isn't it very yeah. strange? You know? We're still recovering, I think, psychologically from the whole thing in a way, you know. And of course, I hate to say the phrase, it hasn't gone away. The CMO yesterday told us the number of hospitalizations gone up again. So it's not quite gone yet, you know. Mm. And just to keep banging the drum of take the booster when you're offered it and the vaccines are there to, to help us. But it's very strange, isn't it? How, how we perceive those two, three years. Yeah. We're, we're, we're seeing that through our work in the nursing homes. I think, you know, because we were going there right through the worst of the pandemic and probably were the last people they wanted to see when they were dealing with all this trauma. But um, we're, we're starting to see life return into, in some way to normal, but it, it can never be fully normal after what uh, nursing homes have gone through. And, and not just nursing homes, you know, we're working mm. in areas of mental health with lovely Dr. Denise Rogers down mm. in um, Wexford. We're hoping to work with CAMS next year and... Um, you know, intergenerational um, care. But it's really, I think there's quite a trauma, inherited trauma from this. And that's why I think continuing to provide concerts, music, whatever we can do. I certainly know reading uh, some of uh, Luke's books last night, it certainly cheered me up, got me me through the pandemic. So it's uh, whatever we can do to keep our spirits up. It's quite important. And he's writing a new one. I am. I am indeed. It's, it's murder. It's the brand new history of all of science. They're, they're, I'm not very ambitious. <laughs> you know. No, it's with Penguin in the UK, actually. So I'm going to expand. What's and, uh, it called? It's going to be called To Boldly Go Where No Book Has Gone Before. There's a modest <laughs> title for you. So the, the deadline is uh, early February for the, for the second draft, by the way. I'm, I'm editing it at the moment. So it'll be, it'll be out next, probably next, next, uh, next, next autumn, we hope. You fit an awful lot into your life. Do you get up very early? Like, I mean, you're writing a book, you're doing this. I go to bed very late. Actually, I'm a night owl. So I mainly write at night. Yeah, I seem to come alive around midnight. And And do you need much sleep? About six hours I get away with, it seems. So I'm lucky in that regard. People ask me how I do it all. There's two reasons. I don't play golf. That takes a lot of time, doesn't it? And I never watched Game of Thrones. And that freed up time as well, you see. So this is where I find the time to do these things. And Gerald, of course, you, when you came in earlier, I had the honour of listening to you rehearsing on that cello. It's a magnificent instrument, isn't it? Yes. Um, well, I actually started on the violin. My mother mm. is obviously a violinist, but she got nowhere. Remind and, people who your mum was. Uh, Sheila O'Grady, mm. the violinist. And um, I was very fortunate when I was about six, my aunt, Moya O'Grady, uh, gave me a cello and they figured if they could sit me down long enough behind the instrument, I wouldn't wander and I'd actually focus for five minutes. So it seemed to work out. And unfortunately, we lost Moya in August of this year. And oh, um, sorry she was my first teacher and an incredible inspiration to so many people. So I have a piece that I'm going to d- dedicate to her. Oh, um, the last Rose of Summer. We'll get that in a moment, actually. And uh, I suppose from your own point of view, your family is so musical. You're talking about your aunt. You're going to dedicate this piece to your own mother. Was it always in the cards that Gerald would go into music? I think so. I, I, I was the youngest of my generation. So, um, but I seemed to enjoy it. I always had the cello on the dining room table because I figured out early on 
if uh, anyone called in, I could frisk them down for a pound note to see if I played a piece. So my fee hasn't gone up much since then, but um, I'm still getting away with it. I, I love music. It's very, I feel like it's a very fortunate position to be in to uh, make a living playing essentially an old wooden wooden box and um, to be able to hopefully give joy to other people. That's what it's all about for me. Well, you're going to play for us again. Margaret says, well done to Gerald and Luke. So important to give the best in music to the most deserving, although, and also the most vulnerable. And another says, Sean says, in Tokyo on Mayo, he says they love Irish traditional music in Japan. Sharon Shannon is much loved there. They do. There yeah, you go. And that was, I discussed that with some Japanese scientists who are fans. Can you believe this? Irish music goes down very well over there. Which is fantastic. Great. Well, look, Professor Luke O'Neill, Gerald Peregrine, thanks so much. Keep up all the brilliant work. And as you say, tell us what you're going to play now. And you're dedicating it, of course, to your late aunt. Yes, this is the last Rose of Summer and I'm dedicating this to Moya. Thanks so much, Gerald. Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1.